This is the happy hour. You guys going to happy hour? Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, I'll maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Clary. C is for chunk. <laughs> Brought to you by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome in. Happy Tuesday. This is the happy hour. 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick Sainert, Enrique Alvarez, Clary with you guys. Rico, what's up, man? Hello. How's it going? Going great. Anything exciting on your mind today? Um, Exciting on my mind? Hey, happy Valentine's Day to my co-host, by the way. Hey, happy Valentine's Day to you, too. I didn't get you any candy. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't get you anything, either. I'll, get you, just, I'll bring you, like, one little piece of candy tomorrow. That's right. We, can, we, we got, got plenty up in the front bowl. It's not... It's, I got to personalize it. <laughs> okay. I got to write your name on it. It's like, for please, Nick. Please do a salted nut roll. I love those. There you go. For Nick. Those. From Rico. From Rico. So... There you go. Um, no, nothing, nothing special in my mind. Just uh, uh, a busy day of, of, of things happening yesterday. Um, seeing that Jason Derulo is yeah. is like a part owner of a professional volleyball team that's that's going to be in Omaha, kind of just kind of hit you. And I was like, wait a minute, what what is this? Why is Jason Derulo? And yeah, so the uh, there's a pro volleyball foundation or pro volleyball league coming to the to the U.S. and mm-hmm. uh, Omaha is going to be one of the host sites. Yeah, so Jason Derulo, uh, Jimmy Burrow, Danny White, and there's one more that I'm I'm missing on. Is it Jamie Burrow? They helped recruit Jason Derulo yeah. to this thing. J- Jamie um, and, and the, the two Jimmy. Burrows. Yeah, Jimmy. Jamie and Jimmy. But then Joey Burrow, the Cincinnati Bengals quarterback, is somewhat involved financially as well in this whole thing. Yes. So it's it's this kind of thing uh, where the professional volleyball, where w- what their kind of release said, one of their videos as well said, um, was that it's going to give volleyball players that want to play professionally an opportunity to make a living wage mm-hmm. over in the United States rather than going out of the country to play professional volleyball. I mean, Nebraska, Nebraska's had plenty of, of professional volleyball players. Matty Kubik is one that just signed a couple weeks ago or about a month and a half ago now to a professional volleyball organization over um, in another country. Yeah, Justine, Puerto Rico. Yes. Just in Puerto Rico. Justine is in Germany. I don't mm-hmm. know if she's still in Germany. Um, Jordan Larson is in Italy. Um some former Huskers, Callie Schwarzenbach is also yep. in Puerto Rico. Kayla Caffey also in Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico, big volleyball outbed apparently. Didn't know that. But so is Omaha now. Uh, so. Now Omaha is going to be in that, and you don't know who you might see former Huskers uh, joining in on this. Exactly. The Pro Volleyball. I got to make sure I get the, the name. The Pro Volleyball Federation. Um, that's what it's going to be called. Uh, Omaha is one of two cities announced right now. Grand Rapids, Michigan, the other. I think they said there's going to be around eight teams, um, okay. and they'll be working this week to announce the other remaining um, cities. But it's going to be really, it's going to be really cool. The uh, professional mm-hmm. Nebraska Omaha is going to have a professional team, the first profe- like professional, not semi-pro professional team in Nebraska is going to be a volleyball team. That's true. Unless you wanted to, you know, unless you wanted to count like arena football. I guess that'd be semi-pro. Semi-pro. This is professional. They're trying to triple. Like you said, triple A livable wage. Yeah, is triple A livable? 
Ooh, that's a whole See, that's other, the thing. That's they a wanna, whole other cr- yeah, can of yeah. worms. We can there. go down that later. Um, they want to go livable wage and all all of this yeah. stuff, and it's gonna be it's gonna be with, really with fun. once again uh, just kind of a random Jason Derulo, Jason Derulo investor, part so, owner. They're looking is. for names on his. So if you go to Twitter, you go to Jason Derulo's Twitter. Yeah, they're looking for names. So if you go there on that mm-hmm. tweet, he's he, people are offering up names for the new Omaha franchise. So yeah, if you, you go on there and be. you think you have a, a good name. Go ahead and, and go to Jason Derulo's tweet. But at some point, you might be. They're trying to start up in 2024. Um, the inaugural season will be in 2024. You might see Jordan Larson mm-hmm. playing volleyball in Omaha in 2024. Who knows? So, 402 464 5685, the Honda of Lincoln Hotline, the Sarder Heyman text line, both those open for you guys the, uh, the entire show today. So let's let's go back to that Husker basketball conversation for the remainder of this first segment. And feel free to call or text in, comment on the Sarder Heyman Jewelers video stream as well, um, 402-464-5685. If you aren't subscribed to the YouTube, by the way, make sure you do that. Now, we were kind of talking there in the, in the, in the, in the crossover of has Fred, does Fred Hoiberg have enough potential on his roster to kind of warrant – saving his job right that, that's the big conversation and it's going to only grow over the last couple weeks especially if if, uh, if Nebraska finds themselves on the losing end of a couple games but now like you look at this and Nebraska's in a weird spot to where they haven't necessarily been in, in years past uh, under Fred Hoiberg you think about everybody that they've always brought in through the transfer portal mm-hmm. and, and Matt Abdomasi was a big part of that he had uh, limitless connections and and Matt Abdomasi obviously is a big reason why Bryce McGowan's ended up coming here and Fred Hoiberg as well but now we're starting to see it in this next offseason especially I think if, if Fred Hoiberg does get to return as Nebraska's head coach there was always this this looming idea that Fred didn't want to recruit and that's why a guy like Matt Abdomasi was in, in place. Um, and, and with that, what we're going to find out this next year, and, and frankly, personally, I'm not too concerned about it, is you're going to find out that Fred Hoiberg's name still carries enough weight around the basketball world to draw ta- talent and draw eyes. We're seeing it this season to where they bring in Adam Howard from uh, from a smaller school, from a mid, mid-major school, uh, I want to say it was Southern Illinois, and then, and then you bring in Ernie Zeigler from Mississippi State, and add him to the staff of Nate Lenzer. You lose Armand Gates to Oregon last season, and in one year here, Nebraska, although they they utilize the transfer portal, and yes, Sam Greasel is playing out of his mind, and Derek Walker, who was a transfer guy mm-hmm. multiple years ago, it feels like he's been here forever. He's obviously a, a captain and a, and a leader you on for, this, this Nebraska team. You kind of forget that he transferred from Tennessee. From Tennessee. It's just, it just seems he's as been if here he, forever. He was recruited here, and he's been here. So what's interesting as we go forward here, Nebraska has – well, we've seen the development of, of Derek Walker. We saw that in his feet, in his footwork and, and in his, his, his game around the hoop this season, how much it's evolved from not only just last year but previous years as well. And now, Shooting due, to the, due to the unfortunate injuries of Emmanuel Bandemel and, and, and Juwan Gary, you've seen the emergence and the, the, the potential and talent of two guys in Jamarcus Lawrence and Denim Dawson. As well, if you want to throw in there, Sam Hoiberg. Mm-hmm. And although, you know, Wilhelm, we, we got this text on the, 
on the text line. Uh, I got to scroll down a little bit. Here we go. Travis and Lincoln says this. I think Fred should stay. However, you can't have walk-on players outplaying scholarship players. Um, and then he names a couple of them. Mm-hmm. They need to get more frontline scoring next year. I think. So. I mean, you're, you're right about that, Travis. But I think if you sit here and say, yeah, there's some diamonds in the roughs or, or that we're seeing some some production from guys that we didn't expect to see mm-hmm. and they're the reason that we're winning games or, or contributing to to Nebraska winning games, you're not going to get too frustrated with it, uh, I, I think. Because now, looking forward this next season, you'll have Juwan Gary return, but then you have a guy in Jamarcus Lawrence that you're not too concerned about just kind of sliding him into the starting role next year and giving him that Emmanuel Bandamel role. Mm -hmm. Guys, do you want thicker, fuller hair? Do you desire lustrous, luscious locks that you can run your fingers through? Maybe a full head of hair makes you feel attractive. Perhaps a full head of hair boosts your confidence and self-esteem. Whatever your reasons, if you have started to experience hair loss, there is good news. Because there are effective, FDA-approved treatments that work. One is a prescription clinically proven to prevent further loss. The other is clinically proven to regrow your hair in two to four months. And both are available from Roman for just a dollar a day. Just complete a free online visit. Roman connects you to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional who will work with you to find the best treatment plan. Then Roman sends everything you need right to your door with free shipping and indiscreet packaging. So guys, are you Roman ready for a thicker, fuller head of hair? Go to ro.co slash fuller. Do it today and Roman will give you 20% off your first order. That's ro.co slash fuller. Or being like a secondary ball handler because that's kind of mm-hmm. what he's been doing exactly. after after uh, Bandamel uh, went down. You kind of were using him as your secondary point guard, and then uh, Sam Hoiberg, who again probably wasn't expecting to get much playing time this season, gets slid into that third point guard role, yeah. and is playing you know some really important minutes and coming up with some really timely plays uh, for Nebraska. So, and and that's kind of something that might actually help Fred as well, and because you you. You, you know, people are going to say, oh, it's his son. That's why he's got the walk-on spot. No, he's he was a really good player in high school. And also the development that you've seen from him, you know, being the walk-on player that he is, possibly not expecting to play that much, and the fact that he was able to slide into the starting role or just slide into the rotation and is able to give you this good of production from, you know, maybe an undersized point guard for the Big Ten. And again, a walk-on player, not a scholarship player, but he's giving you invaluable minutes that's got to go somewhere towards the coaching staff for development, which is something that they've mm-hmm. kind of been uh, held against them, which is why they've been going into the transfer portal so much. They they go, they get a walk-on. Yeah, sure, it's the coach's son, whatever you want to say about that. But he's gone from not playing, not expecting to play, to playing crunch time minutes in overtime, getting a clutch steal and hitting a clutch three uh, in a 10-point win against a Big Ten team. So uh, I'm looking at Nebraska's roster, and it's made up interesting because – one of the biggest gripes from Husker fans about how Fred has kind of orchestrated his roster and, and during his time here has been the fact that they've had to dip into the transfer portal mm-hmm. quite a bit to to field a team and field a roster, and and, and I think that's going to probably be the approach going forward. They can't they can't you know put that off to the side forever, but we're kind of seeing the best of both worlds here, and I think there's a lot of expectation and excitement. A guy like Ramel Lloyd Jr. Who uh, six foot six, two hundred and four pounds, uh, kind of that that point guard that you kind of expect to potentially replace Sam Greasel in the starting lineup. But just looking at it next year, and this is if if Casey Tominaga decides to return, 
Nebraska's starting five Man, I hope he comes could back. could look similar to this, where it's Ramel Lloyd Jr., Jamarcus Lawrence, Jawan Gary. Um, you might, I mean, maybe you sl- you probably slide Wilhelm Breidenbach into that four, or you slide, um, yeah, you probably slide Wilhelm Breidenbach into the four, and then Blaze Kata as your five, because once again, you saw kind of the impact that a healthy Blaze Kata could make mm-hmm. in the game on Saturday, and why he was the JUCO Player of the Year a couple years ago. Um, you also have, if you want to go a little smaller, and and Wilhelm Breidenbach, you don't want you don't want to put him at the four. You can go a little smaller and play uh, Jawan Gary at the four and bring in a guy like Denim Dawson to start the game. C.J. Wilcher still has a couple years of, of eligibility if he can find his groove, although he's been struggling as of late. Um, and then you also have a guy in Eli Rice who is a true, who's going to be a true freshman that talking to a couple of the, the, the guys that, that pay more attention to the, the team than I do, um, a couple of the media guys, they believe that that a guy like Eli Rice would be playing now if he would have enrolled early like Jamarcus Lawrence did. Now, obviously, that's with the help of some injuries, mm-hmm. but he's down at IMG Academy in Florida playing some of the top level competition down there. So they've got him listed as a power four. They've got him listed as a four. Yeah, he's six six one ninety. At least that's what he's listed as. Mm-hmm. But they've got him listed as a four. So again, if you wanted to go with a more smaller lineup, you could put him at the four, put Blaze, or put him at the five, or whatever. Yeah. Or, or if you wanted to have Blaze Kata, if you were still not sold on Wilhelm for whatever reason, you could have Eli Rice at the four. Now, and then you also have a guy that in Coron McPherson that has not been able to play a whole lot, and he unfortunately had that knee injury this mm-hmm. season, um, but has not been able to play a lot. But he's from New York, and if you know anything about high school basketball or or just kind of prep basketball on the national stage, New York basketball players, I mean, they, they know how to they know how to ball, they know how to they know how to play the game, and they're they're pretty aggressive as well. Um, and so that that Coron mm-hmm. McPherson, six foot three, hundred and ninety seven pounds, has been in the program for a couple years, just hasn't been able to get healthy. So they're gonna um, have a weirdly tall lineup. Which like has DeMar- changed, which is which is completely it's, changed. Because exactly. think about the conversations that we were having last season or even at the beginning of this year is when you didn't know what Blaze Cata was going to be like. And I think we still don't. I think the jury still is out on Blaze Cata. But when you looked at that team, it was like, man, Derek Walker is just unfortunately so undersized, but he's being asked to do everything. Mm-hmm. At, at one point, that's yeah. not the case anymore, I don't think. I mean, he's 6'9". You've got Den- – like, just just going through the heights really quick of some of the guys that you, you were talking about as possibly being starters, and even a guy that you you didn't mention, but C.J. Wilcher is 6'5". Uh, Ramel, 6'6". Karan, 6'3". Juwan, 6'6". Jamarcus, 6'3". Denim Dawson, 6'6". Blaze Cata, 6'11". Um Kase is going to be the shortest one out of all of them at six two if he decides to stay. Wilhelm six ten. Oleg seven foot. Like they're they're six foot two and above. Everybody mm-hmm. is, and I understand. You know, it's basketball. That's kind of what you want. But the core of that, everybody's six six. So you're going to have a, a strangely tall lineup with then Blaze Kata being probably your tallest impact player at six foot eleven. So Travis and Lincoln chimes back in, and Travis, we appreciate your your input, and feel free to to call in or text in anybody four zero two four six four five six eight five. Travis says this: I by no means am saying that you can't find a diamond in the rough as a walk on. I'm simply saying that scholarship players need to hold up against their or hold up their end of the bargain too. Mm-hmm. Travis, I completely understand. Don't don't worry, man. No Go hard feelings. Um, he also says we better bring in post player scoring. Blazing and Wilhelm are not threats on offense. Um, I, now now. We don't know what a grown-up Blaze looks like, or maybe a year under another off-season looks we don't know, like with we don't Blaze. Know what a fully healthy Blaze looks like. 
That's a good point. And then also with Wilhelm, people get so caught up and quickly saying that Wilhelm's like not athletic and and can't move and and I understand to a certain extent where you might believe that. But I also, and this is through talking with Strick, and, and Strick will be able to talk more about this on the crossover and, and on the block, that it's it, Wilhelm's best game is when he doesn't have to put the ball on the floor. But unfortunately, when Wilhelm catches it out on the perimeter, he's kind of forced to. And so that's that's one of the weird things as we go forward. Like, Wilhelm... Wilhelm had that expectation for for the right reasons, and I and I don't think Wilhelm's career can be summed up or should be should be just kind of like put off to the side now because of what we've seen mm-hmm. in instances. Because we've also seen it to where he can he can not necessarily be a spot up shooter, but his whether it's his mid range game or whether it's work around the hoop, he he for some reason likes to go with a with a left hand a lot. Um, but there was there was a time against Illinois where he went on like a personal 11-0 run or a 13-0 run um, against the Fighting Illini when Nebraska needed him most, and that was prior to Casey Tominaga really kind of taking over this this roster in terms of offense. Put up 13 so, against Kansas State in a game that was was a blowout. Not, not a blowout for Nebraska. He was one of the bright spots. He put up 13 points. There, the, he's shown the ability to be an offensive threat more or less. Uh, for Nebraska, it's just kind of what you said. Although in high school, he was able to take the ball and dribble and, and get around people and kind of use his, his height and his athleticism to his advantage in high school. In college right now, against some of these bigger guys, some of these faster guys, him dribbling, still getting kind of used to it, and, and he isn't really able to do that. If he's able to spot up, mm-hmm. I understand that his his three-point shot is a little bit to be desired right now. But the fact that he's willing to take it means he has the confidence and he's been able to make that in practice because he's not being pulled when he takes those shots. Yeah. Which means Fred has confidence in him making that shot. Fred allows him to take that shot. So I would that that makes me believe that he's able to make that and and once that shot starts falling, it's gonna open up so much more for his game. Maybe mm-hmm. that'll open up his ability to drive to the basket. It, it will it'll also open up other people on the floor. Oh I mean, yeah. That's 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 the key too. I mean And again, a healthy Blaze, you know, the number one Juco player, I'm <laughs> sure he has some sort of offensive game. So all right, let's take a break. When we come back, we uh we'll dive into more. Husker softball has has a gauntlet this weekend. We'll we'll let you know who they play. Uh we'll also be joined by Nate Rohr of the, the voice of Husker Softball tomorrow at 1.30. But um yeah, they have they have a gauntlet. We'll tell you about it next. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 937 the ticket and the ticketfm.com.